I grew up in Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach is an interesting beach due to the fact that it has oil rigs in its ocean. 100 years ago in the 20th century, early 20th century, there were oil rigs littering the entire shore and all over the sand. The beach was just oil rigs on oil rigs. It's pretty crazy what it looked like, to be honest. And even the high school, the Huntington Beach High School, is named the Oilers. That's their mascot. And when I look at other beaches and I don't see oil rigs in the water, I think that's weird because it's so desolate. How can you have a beach that doesn't have oil rigs? It's almost not normal to me. Um, and these oil rigs were there before I was born. So in a sense, it's normal for me to have oil rigs in the ocean. And what I want to discuss is how psychology is probably one of the most important and disregarded aspects to kind of everyone's life. Um, I want to start with why I'm an anarchist. Part of the reason is because I'm still trying to figure my own life out. And for me to tell someone else what they should do, well, the word should already has some morality weighed into the term. And I don't think that I'm in a position to tell anybody what they should do. And nor do I think anyone is in a place to tell me what I should do. And I think that um, if you look at the Mises Institute, right, they're probably the greatest mediary to getting ideas of, of, of anarchy out to people. But if I gave you, you know, a corporation like Netflix, and I said, this is probably the best place to watch movies, and someone doesn't watch movies, how are they ever going to enjoy or learn from them? And the same thing with the Mises Institute. If you don't read and read books and articles, how are you ever going to learn and understand the concepts that, that are to be discussed and thought about critically? And how can you ever be self-critical? If you never analyze yourself and how you think and what you think about and how your means and ends are approached. And it's crazy because in communism, uh, there's a, a, a complete disconnect in being self-critical because the only right opinion is the right, right opinion. And that's the opinion of the party. And that's what's truth and important. And the corporate press today will tell you a issue and then give you an immediate solution. So it basically informs people what they want to inform people and tells them that they're educated because now they have the answer and that they're well read. When in actuality, if you just read the, the you know, stuff from the corporate press, you'll only know what they want you to know. And uh, I want to actually take a digression to read this passage from The God That Failed, a collection of essays from ex-communists. 
This is by Stefan Spender, and this book was composed in 1949. At this time, I came to a conclusion which, although it may appear obvious, was important to the development of my thinking about politics. This was simply that nearly all human beings have an extremely intermittent grasp on reality. Only a few things which illustrate their own interests and ideas are real to them. Other things which are in fact equally real appear to them as abstractions. Thus, when men have decided to pursue a course of action, everything which serves to support this seems vivid and real. Everything which stands against it becomes abstraction. Your friends are allies and therefore real human beings with flesh and blood and sympathies like yourself. Your opponents are just tiresome, unreasonable, unnecessary theses whose lives are so many false statements which you would like to strike out with a lead bullet as you would put the stroke of a lead pencil through a bungled paragraph. Not to think in this way demands the most exceptional qualities of judicious mindedness or of high imaginative understanding. During the Spanish War, it dismayed me to notice that I thought like this myself. When I saw photographs of children murdered by the fascists, I felt furious pity. When the supporters of Franco talked of red atrocities, I merely felt indignant that people should tell such lies. In the first case, I saw corpses. In the second, only words. However, I never learned to be unself-critical, and thus I gradually acquired a certain horror of the way in which my own mind worked. It was clear to me that unless I cared about every murdered child impartially, I did not really care, I did not really care about children being murdered at all. I was performing an obscene mental act on certain corpses, which became the fuel for propagandist passions, but I showed my fundamental indifference by not caring about those other corpses who were the victims of the Republicans. So, it comes, it comes back to psychology. Anarchy doesn't exist today because it, it's, uh, well, it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't, okay. So I think of anarchy as being psychological because I understand from learning how an anarchy, in anarchy, how, how things would more or less operate. Not all the technicalities, but the main driving, uh, factors for it and uh, human action and praxeology. And under anarchy, you would have enclaves and sections where Marxism would be present and you'd have communist enclaves and you would have people living under Sharia law and socialists living in their socialist utopias. But people would go to the best possible places, the ones that are the most peaceful over time. Not everyone. And uh, the, these, these, you know, societies are their, their roots are the present. They're today, you know, over time, we've becoming people more near freedom 
at the individual level, the smallest minority. If you care about minorities, you should care about the individual because that is the largest group of minorities. That's weird. Uh, uh, but um, at the individual level, you have to be a humanitarian because if, if, if you're an individualist, you can see people as individuals, but once you get into a collectivist mindset and you just identify people, whether that be based off characteristics, politics, um, just as part of a group before they're an individual, then you have a distorted perspective on what morality is. In my opinion, you know, all morality is subjective um, because it's, I think that it's just imposed from people who are making up ideas about what is right and what is wrong. And uh, even under communism, you had what or- Orwell considered doublespeak, and that's war is peace, freedom or unity is betrayal from within, uh, um, and then probably like peace or I don't know, peace is torture. I don't know. Something along those lines. Um, but it doesn't matter what the corporate press says or where people think the state of the world is going. Cause so long as there's individuals roaming and cruising around the streets, you just need a a peaceful societal structure that can facilitate people's own peaceful self-interest and and interactions and collaborations and that's when you get periods of uh, peace prosperity and beautiful arts being created and um, that's what I'm all about supporting the formalist artist formalist being referred to as the various forms artists embark on upon creating their art and again communists were anti-formalist they thought that it embraced individualism and this was anti-collectivism of communism so thank you for listening peace